in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand a wonderful savior is jesus my lord he taketh my burden away he holdeth me up and i shall not be moved he giveth me strength for each day he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry thirsty land he hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand when clothed in his brightness transported i rise to meet him in clouds of the sky his perfect salvation his wonderful love i'll shout with the millions on high he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry thirsty land he hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand amen amen well sure good to see you tonight let's go to the lord in prayer brother matt whitney would you open us in a word of prayer tonight I uh, just had a few announcements here wanted to mention. Um, if you have have uh, our class pictures uh, tomorrow, and so because of the uh, weather conditions and things like that, uh, we um, have decided to reschedule to next Tuesday. Uh, what month is this? October. Yes. So, so I got a little nervous there. I was like, November? We in November already? Uh, October the 18th. And so uh, something about wind in Kansas. I don't, kind of shocked. Amen. Uh, anyways, uh, so because of that, they are going to move uh, the uh, picture day to next Tuesday, uh, October the 18th. And so make sure you're aware of that. Some other things that are coming up. Of course, if you have kids in the teen class, there's a teen activity that's coming um, uh, Saturday. The next Wednesday night, Brother Eric Watson is going to be preaching in the main uh, service. And then ladies, don't forget about there's a ladies meeting October the 25th. That's at 7 uh, p.m. And that's also uh, going to be a lady shower. I'm sorry, a baby shower. This is going to be interesting tonight. So this is going to be a baby shower, not a lady shower. All right, that would be weird. A baby shower for Miss uh, Shelby uh, Dawson. All right, so make sure she's registered at Target and Amazon. So, and my wife's over there writing down uh, things, dumb things that I say from you know, during the announcements and things like that. That ranks right up there with um, saying mammogram instead of ultrasound for a lady that was pregnant. All right, so uh, just every now and then I do cool stuff like that. All right, so. Uh, also, don't forget about the Harvest Party. Uh, that's something that we do every year on the E.J. Watson Gymnasium. Uh, that's on Friday, October the 28th. And, of course, if you have kids in the school, that's from 1 to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And then, of course, it, we open it up for the church that night at 7 o'clock uh, until usually around 9 or 10 o'clock we start wrapping uh, things up. And so if you'd be interested in helping out with that, 
course, we are going to be putting the candy barrels out this coming Sunday, so that way folks can bring candy, things like that, and put that uh, in the barrels and stuff. And then October the 30th, which is after the Sunday evening service, be a linger longer, but also the uh, teen chili cook-off. And uh, so bring some finger foods, um, I, I guess make them chili-related, however you do that. Uh, but I've always said everything goes good with a bowl of chili in the fall, amen. Uh, but uh, anyways, looking forward to those things coming up, and that's uh, on our calendar. So make sure you are aware of those things. Then don't forget about we are uh, raising money for our parking lot, <clears throat> and uh, so we have those uh, envelopes back there uh, as well. Let's go ahead and get our prayer list out uh, tonight. I do have several things I just wanted to um, uh, mention tonight. Now, we got some sickness and things going around the church and stuff, uh, sinuses and things like that. And so, uh, Brother Steve and Miss Mary Parker uh, are sick. And so, I know there may be several others as well because we are certainly uh, down uh, tonight. Uh, and so, uh, just uh, pray for uh, folks. And then, wanted to mention uh, some other things as well. Uh, Miss Carolyn Moore. Uh, that's on our prayer list uh, with Parkinson's. Uh, they did have to put her in the uh, hospital uh, earlier this week, and she has pneumonia in one side of her lungs. I uh, had a good visit with her yesterday. She's doing pretty good. I uh, got a text this morning. They are going to, they were going to keep her uh, through today. There was a possibility she'd be able to uh, get out today, but they're going to keep her through the rest of the day today, and then hopefully, Lord willing, she'll be able to go home tomorrow. And uh, But she has been improving, and so thankful uh, for that. And so continue to pray, though, for her. If you know anything about Parkinson's, when a Parkinson's patient gets pneumonia, that's a very serious, serious thing. So uh, just pray uh, for her and uh, Brother Mike Moore, uh, and I know that they would appreciate that. Also good to see Brother Gary Clark here tonight, uh, Miss Doris. Uh, his wife is also uh, in the hospital, and so pray uh, for her. She has some uh, problems with her congestive heart uh, failure and got some fluid on her, and so I believe they've been getting the fluid off of her, is that correct, and, and doing it, uh, you know, the meds and everything that they've been giving her has been working, and so Lord willing, she'll be able to get home tomorrow uh, as well, and so just continue to pray uh, for these. Did have some good news. I don't see um, Brother Laura or Miss Joe tonight, but I did hear some good news with Brother Randy Crawford. Uh, that we had been praying for. They had found a lump on his uh, lung, and uh, they did do some tests and things like that, and turns out that they believe that it is scar tissue. And so that's a glory hallelujah right there, and so uh, thankful uh, for that. And so we do have quite a few others on our prayer list uh, tonight. It was good to see Colton uh, Kirk in here came, uh, came in tonight, and he had, a, he had a little bit of a scare today, but glad he's doing all right, and, uh, but just continue to pray for our folks and our church family. Uh, Miss Sue Nugent was scheduled to have uh, a cyst taken off her hand uh, yesterday, and as far as I know, that went okay as well. Haven't heard anything there. So if anybody's got a prayer request or anything tonight, we'll take those. All right, Miss Marie. Okay. Well, good. Okay. All right. So that's our eye doctor, Doctor Wong. Okay. We'll just stick with Wong. God knows who who he is. Amen. Well, I'm I'm with you on that one, sister. So, all right. So we'll do that, and let's pray for her eye doctor. That's a blessing there. So, all right, brother Matt. Okay. Good. That's a blessing. Good. Praise the Lord. All right. So that's Miss Becky Whitney, and sure thankful to hear that. No, she's been battling that, so that's a blessing. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Yeah, you mentioned that in men's prayer uh, Sunday morning, so thankful to hear that. Okay. 
All right. All right. Well, that's a blessing. So pray for him. Pray for Alan Reedy. Pray for the spiritual aspect of things for sure. So absolutely. All right. Anybody else tonight? Okay. Miss Sue. Uh, so a lot of updates for you for Lori on this counter. Okay, yeah. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, that's who I was kind of thinking about more so. So, Amen. All right. So pray for Miss Sue McRae for traveling. And then also we can take Lauren McRae off and then continue to pray for KJ Cooper and then also Brother Roy uh, with his cataract surgery. Anybody else tonight? Okay. Brother Wills. My goodness, brother. All right. So what was his, do you know his name? Um, Paul Wheeler? Weaver, okay. So let's pray for the Paul Weaver family and uh, for bereavement. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Mercy. All right, so let's remember them in prayer. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or anything like that? Okay, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. And um, just got a lot of burdens and a lot of things uh, folks are battling, a lot of health issues and and things like that. And um, I sure think it would be good for us tonight to specifically pray for Miss Carolyn Moore, though, and Miss Doris Clark, and and, uh, just ask for God's hand uh, certainly on those uh, things uh, tonight. Uh, Brother Will Kennedy, would you pray for us tonight, brother? Amen. Amen.
update on our uh, uh, missionaries, the Hogans. He says, uh, um, we still have no word on our immigration status, so uh, I'm not optimistic about the appeal that our attorney filed, but please pray uh, for all that's coming up there in the middle of November. After a week in Oklahoma recovering from jet lag, we headed off to Florida for some meetings. We started off at Southwood Baptist Church in Tallahassee with Pastor Robert Sutton. We had a wonderful time presenting the work, and we also enjoyed staying with my cousin and his wife. We then headed out for Lakeland, where Kathy's mom and sister lives for what we thought would be a couple days. However, Hurricane Ian had other plans. We were scheduled to be with Pastor Ted Alexander and Bayview Baptist Church in Homestead Wednesday and Thursday, September 28th and 29th. Brother Ted suggested we head that way earlier than we planned to miss most of the storm. We left Lakeland and arrived in Homestead Tuesday the 27th. We had wonderful services in spite of the wind and rain. The only excitement I had was getting stuck in an elevator when the power went out in our hotel. We packed up and headed to Naples on Friday to be with uh, Pastor Joe Baxter in Naples Baptist Temple. Even though there was a lot of damage in the area, we had a good crowd and great services. We'll be leaving sunny Florida and heading to Hilton, New York for a meeting with Pastor Dean Francini in Anchor Baptist Church. From there, we'll head to Indiana and we'll visit my mom, then head to Berean Baptist in Stratford, Missouri to finish up our rose trip. Please continue to pray for our visa and our trip back in the middle of November. Tickets are expenses expensive and we're certainly looking forward to for the lord to provide for that so a good update there pray for them as they are here in the states uh, doing a lot of traveling right now and uh, all that goes on with that brother don katanic would you pray for the hogans as well as our other missionaries Would you stand with me one last time tonight and turn to page 602. Page number 602, Stepping in the Light. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 together tonight. Page number 602. Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior. Trying to follow our Savior and King. Shaping our lives by His blessed example. Happy, how happy the songs that we bring. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior. Stepping in the light, stepping in the light. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior. Led in paths of light. Walking in footsteps of gentle forbearance. Footsteps of faithfulness, mercy, and love. Looking to Him for the grace freely promised. Happy, how happy our journey above. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior. Stepping in the light, stepping in the light. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior. Led in paths of light Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior Upward still upward will follow our guide When we shall see Him, the King in His beauty Happy, how happy, our place at His side how beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light, stepping in the light. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, led in paths of light. Amen. Great singing. Please remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. All right, Ephesians chapter number four tonight, and uh, well, we'll just continue drinking from the fire hose on Wednesday night, amen, and uh, just been a real blessing to go uh, through this book and to chew on it, and uh, we are in Ephesians and, and chapter uh, number four, and so I uh, just want to remind you that um, as we got into chapter four, really, 
where much of the book has been, you know, salvation and, and dealing with doctrine and things like that, chapter 4 really begins what I would say is the practical side of the epistle, okay? And beginning in verse number 1 here, we're going to see where Paul has once again returned to the subject of unity, and he's going to give us some practical instruction on, on that subject. So notice verses 1 through 3 there again. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the, keep the unity of the Spirit in the, bond, in the bond of peace. And so again, this is uh, dealing with the subject of unity, and really I believe this is dealing with the attitudes of unity. And so what, what he's saying is this, is that rather than there being strife and contention among God's people, there's supposed to be long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, realizing this, listen, that this is worthy of the call that we've been given in Christ Jesus. All right, but here's the other thing. All right, we're, to, we're a church that's to be in unity, but you got to understand this, we're not some social club. All right, we're a church that belongs to Jesus Christ and He is the head. And the reason that I say that is because beginning in verse number 4, it gives us what we saw as the articles of unity. In other words, these are the, this is the body of doctrine that is to bring us together as God's people. So notice in verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. So that's the body of doctrine that that we are to gather around. But then look at verse number 7, because what happens is there's another portion of this unity that he begins to deal with here. And this is what I would call the agents of unity. So notice he says, But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ, all right, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up on, up far above all heavens that he might, that he might fill or rather fulfill all things. That's what that's the, uh, that's what that's speaking of. But so notice, here's the gifts here. Here's those agents that he gave for unity and he says and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in unity of the faith there it is again unity all right and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man and under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and though it ends with a colon there, meaning the thought continues, we're going to stop uh, right there because that's all we can take from the fire hose tonight, all right? So here's the idea. <clears throat> the Lord, you know, it gives these gifts here that we see, and really it's the idea of this, is that He uses these, these men to bring God's people together so that the body of Christ, the church, can be everything God intends for her to be. But this is what I want you to grab a hold of tonight because you see, it's, if, it's not, if it's not a behavioral issue or a doctrinal issue that causes disunity, then it's our misuse or misunderstanding of authority and responsibility that causes disunity. Say, what does that look like, preacher? Watch the news. Watch the news. But you and I need to understand something tonight. God is a God of order. And our response to that order, okay, whether it be, whether it be the, the, the pulpit or those in the pew, that's going to determine our unity. It's going to determine our unity. But may I also say this, and ultimately, really, our performance as a body of believers. 
Father, help us tonight. Speak to us tonight. God, we need you tonight. And Lord, I need you. I ask, Father, that you would just, again, fill me with your spirit tonight. And Lord, help me to be mindful, Lord, of the things that need to be said and what doesn't need to be said tonight. And just lead me and guide me. And I'm asking it again, Lord, tonight. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. The uh, last uh, secular job <clears throat> that I had, I was working in a welding shop in, in uh, the west side there of Springfield, Missouri. It actually, it actually was a shop... Uh, was made up of two different uh, sections in the in the shop groups of you know guys and what we fabricated. There was the stock section, which basically built you know stock tanks, and so they were basically welding the same set of tanks over and over and over again. But then you also had the specialized uh, section or the custom section that built specialized uh, tanks and done different projects and things like that. And each section had their own supervisor, and I worked, I worked on the custom side. There was also another guy that worked on the custom side. He was a Christian man. He was actually a Southern Baptist, but still somewhat of the old school Southern Baptist. And so he and I had a lot of like faith in a lot of ways, and so that provided a lot of fellowship. Plus, we, he played golf, and so we really became good friends and played golf together and, and things uh, like that. Well, Around Christmas time, uh, my family and I, we went down to Florida and uh, spent some time with our family for the holidays. And when I came back to work, our supervisor uh, that was over the custom site had quit and took another job somewhere else. I had no idea what had happened. And then, and then they had taken my friend uh, and uh, the big boss of our, our company had taken him and promoted him to that to that supervisor position. And so, as you could imagine, this, this impacted our, our relationship a little bit. Well, well, why? Because he's no longer on the same level as me, but rather he's in authority over me. And so there was some things there that, that we had to understand. I mean, he couldn't give me all the good projects and, and, uh, you, you know, and because he didn't want to be seen as, as playing favorites and, and all of that. But at the same time, he was still my friend, and so that meant he didn't want to be mean to me either. But, but also, on, uh, from my perspective, uh, as his friend, I didn't want to take advantage of him and expect special treatment, but, but at the same time, I didn't want our friendship to end. I needed somebody to play golf with. What, what I'm saying to you is this, is that we both had to come to an understanding on things. He was given a place of, uh, given a place of, of, of authority, and wasn't to misuse it, but I was also given a place now to follow that authority and not to rebel against it. Okay? And ultimately, listen, and ultimately, the atmosphere and the production of the shop, it really hung on all of us employees as well as him, uh, understanding all of those things. And what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight, is really that, that kind of illustrates, if you will, what Paul is trying to get across in our text tonight. God, God has called men and given them specific places and responsibilities in His church to bring unity and lead the church into carrying out the purpose of Jesus Christ. He calls them gifts. And some of you are looking at me like, well, you know, some gifts are better than others. That's fine, but I'm just saying to you, the point is this, is that they're to be treated as gifts. They're to be respected, honored, not worshipped. Not worshipped, but they're to be respected and honored and followed. Well, why? Because it is God's intention that they would be the agents that would help us to have unity in the church. And so, therefore, the man of God is to understand his responsibility, but the people of God are also to understand their responsibility in this relationship. Does anybody get what I'm saying to you tonight? So let's look at this thing tonight and let's dive right in, because right off the bat, all right, he begins to deal with the authority of the agents here. And notice in verse number 7, it says, But unto every, unto every, unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand something. The word gift right here 
that it's not, it's not talking about gifts of, of the Holy Spirit, though, though ultimately, I mean, listen, God's calling is rooted in the Spirit of God's working in our lives. And we, we would understand that, but you understand, in its context, it is speaking of the gifts that Christ gives to His churches to help with their unity, and that's mentioned, notice in verse number 11, here's the gifts, and He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and, and teachers. And so, yes, you, you know, I realize God's working in their life and calling them, and they should treat God's calling as a gift, but what He's saying is, is that He has given these to the churches for the help of the unity. That's what he's saying right there. That's what he's saying. These apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and, and teachers, but the greater thought here of these verses in verses 7 all the way down through 10 is to show us that, that these are not to be self-appointed. I'm, I'm just telling you, better be careful when a guy's trying to exalt himself into some position in the church. Is everybody catching that? It's not to be self-appointed. No, 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 no. These are to be God-called, but, but at the same time, they're to be recognized as such. In other words, there is someone of greater authority, if you will, working behind the scenes and appointing them to that place. And what he's saying is this, that's Jesus Christ. Notice, notice here, in verses 8 through 10, really what he's going to say is this, these are a product of His authority. Look at verse number 8. It says, Wherefore He saith, When He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And they look down at verse number 9 and notice the parentheses here. Now He that ascended, what is it? But, all, but He... Now He that ascended, let's try this again, alright, so that I don't say lady shower somewhere in here. Now he that now that he now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now in verse number eight, we would say this that, that is a that is a quote of Psalm sixty eight eighteen and the prophecy that God used David to pin down. It says this, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. That rebellious also in the Hebrew, that means Baptist. Amen. It's just a joke. All right, calm down. Now now listen, many of us know this tonight. Before Christ came, The Old Testament saints were sent to the paradise side of hell. It's called Abraham's bosom. Okay, the Lord Jesus deals deals with this in Luke chapter 16 and verses 19 through 31. You can read it. I don't have time for time's sake tonight, but it's the story of Lazarus and in the rich man. There was a great gulf that separated them. Uh, that had that separated hell, but then also the paradise side of Abraham's bosom and the rich man could see and hear everything that went on in paradise, yet the Bible says, yet he awoke and was in torment. Is anybody catching that? However, after his crucifixion, Christ himself went down, descended, and, and by the way, preached in hell. According to 1 Peter 3.19. And then led the Old Testament saints, all right, led captivity captive, led the Old Testament saints in Abraham's bosom to heaven with him. And at that moment, the Bible says this, that hell enlarged herself. All right, and then we can go on and say this, that Christ would go up into heaven and ascend into heaven, would take his blood into the Holy of Holies within the temple in heaven, not made with hands. And he would pour out his blood upon the mercy seat, as the Hebrew writer says, once and for all. Thus giving access to those Old Testament saints to heaven, but also all of those who call upon him by faith. But here's the point of what I'm trying to get across here tonight. All right, and I believe this is the point of the context, or the point of the text. 
These verses are not meant to get us off track of our subject of unity and to become fascinated with the descending and ascending of Christ, though that is a cool subject. All right, but you understand the verses are still in the context of unity and the gifts that, that Christ has given to His church. He has fulfilled all things. This means to show His power and His authority that He is the head of the church. He has given gifts and ultimately His authority is behind it all. And because of that, we should have respect under that. That's what He's saying. Not just, no, 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 please catch this, because this is not the pastor tonight exalting his place. No, please catch this, because you're a gift as well. Look at verse 7. But to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of, of, according to, according to, what does he say? According to the measure of the gift of Christ. So what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that the pastor's a gift, the people are a gift. And we're to treat one another as such. That just like God worked in my life, God has worked in your life to bring us to this place. And we're to have respect towards that. That's what he's saying. In fact, look at verse number 7 as well. It says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And so this also shows us that it's a product of His grace. You know what grace is? I mean, I, I, we could go into God's riches at Christ's expense, all of that stuff. But grace in its simplest form is just this, God's help. I mean, let us, let us come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's God's help. That's what it's talking about. You, do you realize this? God could have left us with nothing. I mean, He could have just not worked in anybody's life and called men to preach or given us the preserved Word of God or any of those things. But praise God, He didn't, friend. He gave us gifts to help us and aid us in unity. I want you to take your Bibles tonight and, and go, to Romans in, in chapter, go to Romans in chapter number 10 with me just quickly, all right? Hold your place there in Ephesians, and we'll get back there here in just a few minutes. Romans chapter number 10. And I know, you know, we look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. Boy, just try to almost quote those almost in every message. And praise God, we can be saved by faith. Amen. But look at verse number 11, because really that should be the result of this. I'm sorry, look down at verse number 14, excuse me. It says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a... What's that word right there? A preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet... Praise God, that's spiritually speaking. Alright, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad, uh, bring tid glad tidings of, of good things. And so what I'm saying to you is this, is that this is how God views His gifts. I mean, man, they, they got beautiful feet, spiritually speaking. Just telling you, man, 15 years of work boots has its impacts. But praise God for preaching, amen. That's what he's saying. But watch this. But Paul also goes right into how the Jews often received the prophets. And Moses, look at what he says in verse number 16. It says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they, have, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went, at, went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are, that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Esaias is very bold and saith, I, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest of them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And what Paul is really saying, and especially in light of what we're looking at in Ephesians chapter 4 is this, is that God would call men and God would send, if I could say it like this, 
His gifts with glad tidings of the gospel, but it would be Israel that would turn away and refuse those things. And here's why. Because they failed to see those men as who they really were. God called and God appointed. The point is this, how we receive gifts is huge. It determines our unity and our ultimate outcome. But catch this, it's not just how we receive the gift, it's who we receive the gift from. And the who should determine the how. In other words, as we see God at work, whether it be in the life of the man of God or the people of God, this should help us to receive it as a gift from God. Period. I mean, why? listen, I mean, we even saw that in... In Ephesians chapter 3, when Paul rehearsed God working in his life to call, God would call him to, the, to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And the reason that he's rehearsing all of that was to encourage those Gentile believers. Because here's why. If they could see that God was at work in Paul's life, then they could also see that God was at work in their life, bringing them a preacher with glad tidings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you not understand that sometimes the value of a gift is not determined by the gift itself, but the giver? I mean, many of you are probably like me, and you've had your, you know, three, four, or five-year-old color you a picture. And staying in the lines is almost an impossibility. Why is this guy green? Is he sick? No, Daddy, that's just the color I like. Okay, just checking. And you understand where if they were to hand that to anybody else or anybody else was to receive that, they, probably, they would probably not, you know, it would be like, okay, great, and right, wad it up and throw it in the trash. But you understand, because it's my children that would give me something like that, son, that's going on the refrigerator for everybody to see. Make sure you're signing your name to it. What's that letter? E-M-I, well, okay. Son, it's going up there. Why? Because that my child gave that to me. And so you understand, what I'm saying to you is this. It is of great value because of the one who gave it. It's exactly the same in our text. We must understand that the one who is ultimately working behind the scenes in your life and in mine, it is God. It is God. He is the giver of gifts, and He has worked in your life to bring you to Faith Baptist Church. If you don't recognize that, what in the world are you doing here? He has worked in your life to bring you here, but by the way, He's worked in my life to bring me here. And our unity between one another, it begins right there. Recognizing those two simple truths. Yeah. So let's look at verse number 11. Some interesting things here, okay? So you begin to see these gifts, these appointment. What I would say is this, the appointment of the agents. In verse number 11 it says, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and, and teachers. And, and so the giver of these gifts is ultimately Jesus Christ. But here are the gifts that He has given to His churches to help them with their unity, their spiritual growth, and their obedience unto Him. Number one, and you can, you know, if you're writing notes, you might want to write this down. He has given us the Word of God. So, preacher, where on earth do you get that? Well, I get that from, you know, the apostles and prophets. I mean, because you, you understand, we don't have any more prophets. Where prophecies were, they will cease. I mean, that, listen, we... But here, what I, we, listen, we no longer have Old Testament prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel. Don't get me wrong. I've seen yahoos out there who claim to be stuff like that. But we don't, friend. But what we do have is the Old Testament Word of God that even Jesus said was the law and the prophets. And by the way, we no longer have apostles. And I, I know that there are those who claim that we have not... You know, they claim to be apostles today, but here's the thing. They've not seen the resurrected Savior, which is the biblical qualification to be an apostle, according to Acts chapter 1. 
That's what the word apostle means, to witness and, and to be a messenger. So right off the bat, they are disqualified. The reality is this, the prophets are dead, yet they still speaketh, and the apostles are dead, yet they still speaketh, because we have the word of God. Holy, listen, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And even in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And we have the canonized Word of God right here. Right here. We don't have to prophesy in part anymore. Why? Because we got the revelation and we know the end. Somebody say amen tonight. What a blessing that is. And the point is this. It's a gift to help us with our unity tonight. Come on, it helps us. Come on, it helps us to learn how to deal with our issues between one another. We, I know we don't have any of those, but it helps us in that. Come on, it helps us to apologize to one another and forgive one another and to love one another. Helps us to handle those things. Come on, it'll help you if you'll just follow it. That's the problem. We don't follow it, but it'll help us with that. It shows us how to be right with God and to have right fellowship with God, be in unity with Him. And it helps us to grow in our faith, gives us the orders that we're to carry out as a church. We're not just to be sitting around here. We're to be busy serving the Lord. Well, well listen, I, I, I realize, and this is a man thing, that we always joke about that when we got something, a project that we're doing, or something that we're building or putting together, and we always say, well, you know, the first thing I did was I got those directions out and threw them away. And that's cool if it's a playhouse. But it's not good if it's God's house. Amen. Truth of the matter is, I would say to you, the reason why so many churches today are having disunity and all kinds of issues is because here's why. They got right in there and threw the directions out. And what, listen, if anything, you and I need to get, listen, God has preserved His Word down through the ages for you and me. It ought to be a little, listen, I'm telling you, it ought to be worth more than just an ornament on the coffee table. It is a gift God has given us. And we'd be foolish tonight as a church body to neglect it, but rather to get in it. And I'm telling you, the best thing that you and I could do tonight as a church or even as an individual is to humble ourselves to the authority of this book and live accordingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at the next thing here. He says he gave some apostles and some prophets. And then he says this and some evangelists. And this word is interesting. It's only used three times in the New Testament. It just simply refers to one who preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul would tell Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, preach the gospel. Win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is also used in, in, in Acts chapter 21 to describe Philip as Philip the evangelist. Verse number 8 there. Philip done the work of a missionary... He'd done the work of a church planter, missionary in Acts chapter 8. He went down uh, to Samaria, taking the gospel to them, uh, establishing a church. Today, we think of an evangelist as one that goes from church to church, preaching revival meetings. Well, and I do want to say this, they had revival in Samaria. But also, Philip done the personal work of an evangelist. Because God would call him away and call him to an individual known as the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. And then, of course, you know, we eventually find him, well, I would say probably planning another church when it all said and done in Acts chapter 21 when he's in Caesarea. The point is this, is that this is a threefold, this term has a threefold meaning. It means a missionary church planner, an evangelist preaching a revival meeting, or it can just simply be one taking the gospel to individuals. But I want you to catch this. In the grand scheme of things, in the early churches, it started with the apostles. According to 1 Corinthians 12, he set some in the church first, apostles. 
And I believe this, then it transitioned to evangelists. These were those who went out, scattered out, preaching the gospel, some starting churches. And really, what they were doing is, they were building on the foundation that the apostles laid in the gospel of Jesus Christ in those early churches. And the point is this, and this is what I want you to think about. Where the apostles and prophets, we would say, would represent the Word of God, I believe that the evangelist here represents those that went before us and were faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And can I say to you tonight, this church has had some pretty wonderful gifts. I think about names like E.J. Watson or Howard and Eleanor Quinlan, or Elda Fott, or Mary Elliott, or Bob and Geraldine Blue, or brother and sister Randall that faithfully served down in the school for many years. And I, I don't mean to throw names out tonight because somebody might get offended that I didn't mention one of their relatives' names, but you understand tonight that if we started doing that, the list could go on and on tonight of faithful people who have stood by the stuff and helped Make Faith Baptist Church what she is today. These are gifts and they should be treated as such. And this means, you know what this means though for you and me? Here's what it means. It means we have no business tearing down the foundations and trying to rewrite our history, which is exactly what our wicked culture is trying to do to our country right now. We have no business doing that. And what's a shame is, is I'm watching younger men that are now going off into the ministry and they're doing exactly what the culture, the woke culture is doing. Out, they're doing that in independent, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist churches in our day and time. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, we have no business doing that. Those are gifts. I said those are gifts. And they should be treated as such. Tell you, we should be grateful for the heritage that we have in the, in the, in the work that's been done on the foundation of Jesus Christ in this church. And then we are to take what they've done and to follow their example and continue standing faithfully on the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then here's the last thing, and that's the pastors and the teachers. And really, what I would say to you is this, is that now it comes to the present day whether it would have been for the church at Ephesus or even for us today as Faith Baptist Church. And as already mentioned, some gifts are better than others. But you're stuck with me no matter how you view that statement. And the point is this. I know, I know, I know, and my family knows that God has worked in our life and in my life and called us to Faith Baptist Church. I know that. And I have been given, I have been, I have been given to this church to preach the whole counsel of God and to feed the flock of God. And I am to keep this at the forefront of my mind so as to never abuse or misuse the authority that has been graciously handed to me by Jesus Christ. I am to stay true to the Word of God. I am to build upon the foundation that has been laid by those in the past. And I am to lovingly lead and feed the sheep into following our Savior, Jesus Christ. But you're not out of this deal either. See, you have the responsibility to recognize those things as well. You see, just like God's worked in my life, God's worked in your life too. Just like God brought me here, God brought you here as well. And so, and so you too have the responsibility to stay true to God's Word, to help build upon the faithfulness of those that have gone on before us. You have the responsibility to grow in your faith tonight and to learn to serve and to walk with God. And that, I'm telling you tonight, that's contingent. Those things are contingent upon our understanding of the authority that Christ has given me as the pastor of this church and what God has done in your life calling you here. It's contingent upon that. And before you, before you say, well, I'm not so happy with the gift, or okay, I am happy with the gift, 
You need to know the purpose of the gifts. The aim of the agents, if you will. Look at verse 12. He says, for the perfect... Here's why they've been given. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You, you want to know why I'm here? Here's why I'm here. For the perfecting of the saints. I'm, I'm thankful tonight that perfecting or perfect, it, it doesn't mean sinless. Otherwise, I'd have my job cut out for me trying to be that and trying to help you to get there. That's not going to happen. You know what it does mean, though? It's the idea of spiritual maturity. That's what it means. As verse 13 puts it, here's what he says, the stature of the fullness of Christ. Preacher, what does that mean? Well, maybe we could say it like this, becoming more and more Christ-like in your life. Now, I would say to you tonight, boy, that just kind of falls under the umbrella of a plethora of things. You didn't know I knew cool words like that, did you? I learned it the other day. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, really, I could say tonight, it does include us learning how to put sin out of our life and having victory. But, it also, but, but it's also learning what you believe and why you believe it. It's learning how to walk with God and to live for God in your daily life. And, and by the way, these are all things that every one of us, including me and you, need to be striving for day in and day out. If you are not striving for that, then you are not maturing as a child of God, period. And I'm just telling you tonight, I can't coddle you into that. I can't babysit you. I'm not called to be your babysitter tonight. Praise God for that. I'm just telling you, I'm out. But what I can do tonight is help you to mature in your faith. In fact, here's something else that he says. Look at what else he says in verse number 11. For the work of the ministry. See, not only are we to be challenged in our own lives, but here's the other thing. We're to be equipped to help others. The greatest mistake we've made in the 21st century is that we've made the, mind, we've made the mindset of church is that it's entertainment. You need to understand something tonight. I'm not up here to entertain you. What I'm here to do is to train you. You know why? Because what's being taught and preached in here needs to go outside those walls. It needs to go to your co-workers at work. It needs to go to your family members and mine. It needs to go to our community. I'm just saying, listen, it needs to go to the bus ministry and those kids that come in. And it needs to go to the kids downstairs in the classes or the teens over there in the teen department. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Listen, we're not called to ride a pew. We're not. We're not called to do that. We're not called to sit around and whine and complain. Woe is me. Really, I just thought we had a great revival. Woe is you, but not me. And I'm just telling you, listen, we're, we're not called to be entertained. We're not called to sit around and make everything about us. That's not what we're called to do, folks. And I'm just telling you tonight, this is, I'm just, listen, we, we are called to make life about Jesus Christ and to learn what we believe and then go and serve others. And don't come to me tonight after this service and go, well, preacher, I just don't, I can't, I can't. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what age group you are in tonight. There is always something for you to do. And you can, well, all I can do is pray. All you can do is pray. You mean all you can do is talk to the God of heaven and earth on my behalf? Well, bless your heart. Stop belittling prayer and the labor and work of prayer and learn to develop a prayer life. You understand what I'm saying? And here's the other thing. You know what I'm called to do? I'm called to, edify, I'm called to help edify the body. So we're going to be doing some jumping jacks and some push-ups. I would do some tonight, but I worked out earlier, and I don't know if I could. I might go down and not get back up. That already hurt my knee from yesterday's workout, right? Just like our physical body, this body needs to be edified or built up. It needs exercise, which means this, we need to get involved in ministry instead of being lazy or apathetic or just plain downright carnal. 
And we need to eat right, which means this, we need to be eating on this. And we need to get doctrine, which is the meat of God's Word, and stop feeding on all the junk out there and on YouTube and, and podcasts and TV shows and all the other garbage and video games and all of that stuff. Let me help you with this tonight. We need to become strong spiritually. And, and, and listen, and it's when we do these things, he says this, till we all come in the unity of the faith in verse 13. See, it's when we do all of those things that we get to where God wants us to be in the unity of the faith. As a 21st century church looking at New Testament churches of the Scriptures, or at least what Christ intends for us to be in these verses tonight, I want to challenge you with this. We are vastly different. Where they were putting away sin and striving to grow in their faith, we justify sin and do everything we can to hold on to it. Where they were training to be outwardly focused, we are self-centered and remain inwardly focused. Where they were looking to build up the body through spiritual maturity and serving others, we hinder the body by remaining spiritually immature and we need to be served. I was sitting at the, I uh, almost didn't want to even tell this tonight, but I was sitting, I was sitting in the uh, gymnasium there at the preacher's meeting in the fellowship hall there, or the, anyways, having some fellowship. And I was having fellowship with Brother Don Vesey, who preached a tremendous message Tuesday morning, still Baptist. And uh, boy, I like the label Baptist. I think it ought to be in big bold letters on every sign. Amen. It's almost like guys are trying to hide it today. I want it to be right out there. It can be Faith Baptist Church. Amen. But he said this, and and I, I took it as a compliment, even though I don't know that it was necessarily aimed at me or, or what. But he said this. He said, out of the three churches that I pastored, he said Bible Baptist Church is one of the most self-sufficient groups of people that I've ever pastored. They need very little attention and coddling and help and they're just spiritually mature. That was pretty encouraging. To know that I had a part in that. I'm not saying I was the reason for that. I'm just saying I had a part in that. And I'm grateful. But i got to be honest with you tonight, and if I could just kind of bear my heart with you, because I feel like this, I feel like revival meetings, like what we just went through, I think that's kind of like, for me, that's the spiritual barometer as to where we're at as a body of believers. And I have this written in my notes, and I don't want you to be offended by this tonight, and I even prayed about whether the Lord wanted me to say it or not, and I just, I feel like the Lord wants me to say it. But sometimes I feel like I'm pastoring two different churches. You see, one half of the body is sold out. They're the group that jumped in on the fasting and praying and got involved and prayed for the meeting. They're the group that showed up every night and was in the service and looking for God to speak. They're the group that responded and came to the altar as God did deal with them. And they finished up the meeting on fire for God. But then you have the other half who refuses to fast and pray and misses most of the meeting, if not all of it, and never responds to the preaching and then they're still stuck in their apathy and their, in their immaturity and they've got to be coddled and babied along. And I'm thinking, man, when are you gonna, when are you gonna grab a hold of this that, that you're a gift that God's worked in your life and put you here? And I'm a gift that God's worked in my life and given to you to help you to grow in your faith. Stop being a baby and grow up. And get on fire for God. And let go of the apathy and the foolishness and justifying everything. And I'm just saying to you tonight, and I realize there are people going out, well, you know, we're Faith Baptist Church, but maybe isn't that the problem that we're so spiritually proud? And maybe we need to take a good hard look at ourselves tonight but also what God is trying to do and wants to do through Faith Baptist Church. 
And I think about this couple that God's worked in their life and called them to Japan. And He's worked in my life and brought me here. And He's worked in your life and brought you here. And the purpose of both of those is for us to love one another and come together in unity and start serving Him like we're supposed to do. Not, not three quarters of the body going, whoo, we're on fire, but my arm's laying over there. Wait a minute, i got to go over here and pick it up and bring it back. No, I think He's wanting all of us to get on board and get right and serve God and look outwardly instead of spending so much time looking inwardly at this and that and the other. Why don't we just go ahead and get victory tonight over that stuff and start looking outwardly at those who need the gospel that we have and get a burden. Let me, let me ask you some things tonight. Are you really maturing in your faith? Here's, here's another one. Are you equipping yourself to serve? If you're just sitting here and I go, well, I just hope he's got something for me. Well, here's something for you. Get to work. Get involved. Get bent. Well, preacher, what can I do? Look around. Get on a bus tonight. Ride a bus home. See what it's like working on the bus ministry. Show up at outreach. Help out in the nursery. There's plenty to do. Don't look at me not. Well, you know, we just don't have anything to do. Yeah, we got stuff to do. We're just trying to find people to do it. Are you helping the body? Listen to this. Are you helping the body? Or are you hurting it by spiritual immaturity? And you're the one that's got to be served instead of serving others. Hey, let's, let's, don't, let's don't neglect the gift tonight. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all of us tonight. What God's done in your life and what God's done in my life to bring us all here. And let's get on fire for Him. Mercy. And if anything, if you didn't get revived through the revival meeting, let it start tonight. Get revived. And get right with Him. Let's all stand tonight.